Picture this, two guys trapped in the South Charleston Public Library. One guy loves movies, the other, well, he'd rather be watching reality TV. Can they survive each other's films? Find out on Real Opposites, a library podcast about movies. Hosted by Josh and Aaron from the South Charleston Public Library. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Real Opposites. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And we're back to discuss the movies we chose last time. I chose Mars Attacks. And I chose Starship Troopers. Chose these because we're doing the space theme to match our youth theme for the summer reading this year. So I guess we're just going to go ahead and jump straight into Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So when we... When we decided on a space theme, I was looking through movies, and I love space. Like, I don't know. Ever since I was young, I've enjoyed learning about space. I realized I have seen, like, three space movies in my life. I don't know why. Probably because I don't watch movies. But Mars Attacks just stuck out to me. I remember enjoying it when I was younger. I haven't, I hadn't seen it in many years, but I just thought it would be a fun one for yeah. us to do. That that's why I chose it. Not really that's anything why I chose big. It. Just uh, it was that or two other movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were your other two yeah. space movies? Galaxy Quest, which I've seen some of. I, I think I've seen the whole thing. I don't one hundred percent know. And Armageddon. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, for not choosing Armageddon. I thought about it. Ugh. I know that's why I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that movie. You know, Galaxy Quest would have been good too, especially with. um, I actually think that that one's a fun one. What? Galaxy Quest. Oh, Oh, Galaxy Quest is fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. But when once I thought of Mars Attacks, I was like, "That's the movie I want to watch." Well, it's the one you all you had seen all the way through, probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, did you see Armageddon? Yeah, I've seen Armageddon. I enjoyed Armageddon back in the day. I probably own it. <laughs> so Mars Attacks. Yeah. So Mars Attacks. You'd already seen it. Yeah, I saw it when it came out in theaters yeah. in '96. The Immortal Summer of 1996. I was three. I just like to date this. We'd rather you not, actually. Thirteen. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I was somewhere in between. <laughs> I like the summer of '96 was like that was one of the best. Had yeah. like Independence Day, Twister, Mission Impossible, The Rock. Mars Attacks. It was it was a really, really great summer. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing Mars Attacks in theaters, like probably opening weekend and really enjoying it. Now, back then, did you go to, this is a little off subject, but it's about movies. Did you go to theaters, like indoor theaters? Did you ever go to drive-ins? Yeah, I went to drive, drive-ins a few times. Mm-hmm. There was one, I don't forget where it was around here, but I think it closed in like 94 or 95. St. Albans area. The last thing I saw was a double feature of Jurassic Park and Mrs. Doubtfire, so it was at least 1994. That is a great yeah, double it was, feature Yeah, it was there. fun. Yeah. I think I went to a few before that, but... Yeah. That's the last time I remember going to a drive-in. There's one in Pittsburgh. I'd love to go. Uh, is it Pittsburgh? It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think it's in northern Pennsylvania. It's a little little ways away. It's called the Mahoning Drive, Drive-In. And they do like, they'll, they'll show films on 35 millimeter. They'll do like a oh, film festivals and like VHS festivals. Wow. And they'll get like people who are in the movie to come. They'll do signings. It's really cool. I'd love to go that there. Is, yeah, that sounds awesome. We, we used to go 
all the time as a kid, and I absolutely love a drive-in. That was my dream for the longest time was to open a drive-in. Back open a drive-in, and I feel like people would do it again. Yeah, um, yeah. That nostalgia is still there for it. The I few think. that are still open seem to be doing pretty good. Yeah, too bad. Eighty four bought that one in St. Albans. That's the one I used to go to. It's that's now probably the one longer. that I saw. Mrs. Doubtfire and yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, they used to do double features. I can't remember the other movie, but that is where I saw Independence Day was really? at a drive-in. And it was really nice as a drive-in movie. And that's that's why I was asking, because Mars Attacks seems like a movie that would be awesome yeah, that would in be a, a drive-in. drive-in movie. Because it's totally, it has definitely like a retro 50s vibe. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I liked it when it came out. And I've seen it. I've watched it several times over the years, over the almost 30 years. Yeah, that's true. Before we move on, I have a... Slowly. Semi-related drive-in story to Mars Attacks, where when we were in, I was in high school, it was the early days of, like, Garmin GPS, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, like, the car, like... Did you just say when you are in elementary? High school. Oh, sure. Okay. It was the easy, early days, like, Garmin GPS, we were in with my one friend who had a GPS in their car, mm-hmm. and we put in the address for our local drive-in. Well, we get you know, driving, and we're like, this doesn't seem right, but, you know, maybe it's, like, way outside of things because it would need to be, you know, dark or whatever. Yeah. So we're driving, we're driving, and when he turned down this road, and the the garment's like, your destination is 100 feet ahead, and we come out of these trees, and there is this, like, weird building with all of these green lights pointed up at it, and we're like... This is not the drive-in. Well, that's weird. <laughs> and it's You're like a chainsaw the... rev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're in the middle of nowhere, but this is like a government, like big columns, like government looking building. And huh. we're like, we should turn around. Mm-hmm. So did you find the drive-in? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not there. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's where it used to be or something, but yeah, it was weird. It. That it is was weird. like, because it was like, there so was. So now it's like thinking like there's some government agency that's like. We'll just hide the, the GPS under this. Nobody, yeah. nobody looks for drive-ins anymore. Yeah, we were like fifteen. <laughs> Meanwhile, they have we, like a, they probably have like an alien in there. That's mm-hmm. we were like fifteen. That was exactly vibe. my point about why this is kind of related. We were like fifteen miles outside of like the nearest little town, and we're like, this hmm. is not. Hmm. Like, what's out here? Why is this giant building here? Why are the lights green? Some Stranger Things type Some Stranger stuff. Stranger Things. So we like. Really quick, pop to Yui and got out of there because we had ourselves well and truly freaked out. Yeah, but I bet. it was a uh, was it was fun. Hmm. Anyway, so I guess we should have gone in so if we could see some aliens. There you but. go. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could have just like walked into this government facility. <laughs> by the way, Edgar's. I don't know that it was a government facility. I know it was a big building with green lights. Yeah. <laughs> so I've liked I, I liked it then. I still right. like it now. Maybe even a little bit more now. This last time I watched it, I really enjoyed it. I think it's funny that this came out same summer as, not, as Independence Day. Right. I think this came out first, and it probably cost about the same as Independence mm-hmm. Day, if not more. Right. Has a larger, you know, assortment of movie stars. Yeah. Because I mean, Jack that- Nicholson, Glenn Close, Pierce Brosnan, Dane DeVito, Martin Short, uh, Natalie Portman, Jim Brown, mm-hmm. like Pam Jack Greer, Black. Jack Black. I mean, that's that's one thing. So when I was watching it this time, it's probably been I mean, I probably was a kid the last time I saw it completely through. But I've seen bits and pieces here and I and I could remember some of it. But 
um, the opening scene, which, by the way, is the right way an opening scene should be done. <laughs> so if you've ever wondered what opening scene works for Aaron, it was this. There was the names were just flying by real quick. The whole scene was laying out what was going on. It was yeah. perfect. But I was taken aback by the how many stars were in it. I never realized that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it was just like name after name after name well, that even I realized well, I mean, or recognized. I mean, it's, uh, honestly, that part of it is, I think, to the film's detriment to a certain degree because it's like it's supposed to be like a parody of 50s right. movies, which. There's no 50s you like UFO alien invasion like goofy movie that had right. this amount of like star power mm-hmm. or money. So it's kind of funny to like see a parody of a movie of a like a genre. Mm-hmm. This like with this I mean, for the time it has like a bigger budget. Yeah, and for this cast. time like like Ed Wood could have made 80 movies for what this cuz Ed right. cuz Tim Burton made Ed Wood in 94. I don't know if you know who Ed Wood was. He was typically like he was labeled the worst director in film history. Oh wow! And ever, and he made this movie called Plan Nine from Outer Space, mm-hmm. which is generally regarded as the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and it's an alien invasion movie, and he, there's like <laughs> so he like befriended Bela Lugosi, and it's Bela Lugosi's last film. Bela Lugosi died after only having shot a couple of scenes. Oh, so for most of the movie, they they hired some other guy who he looks nothing like Bela Lugosi. <laughs> And he just has like his cloak up covering his face. Oh, that's except funny. for his eyes. And there's zombies. I don't know. It's a it it's it's fun. Did to you watch. say it's a space invasion movie with zombies? With zombies. Yeah. Nice. If you've never seen Ed Wood, I'll probably pick that at some point. It's it's such a fun you'll like it. Because it's really funny. It's very quirky. And this uh, is from the worst director ever? No, that's this is the movie Tim Burton made oh, before okay, okay. Mars Attacks about okay. him. It's got Johnny Depp and Martin Landau, Patricia Arquette, and um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, okay. And Bill Murray, too. That sounds pretty good. So, I mean, he, he made that, and then he's like, I get it. I'm going to see if I can actually make an alien invasion movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a, lot, there's a lot of funny stuff. Like, one of my favorites is Rod Steiger as the, I don't know, the general or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, he's a nukem. Or, you know, he's always just like very aggressive. Yes. And they're like, oh, we should take a, you know, wait and see approach and all this. Right. Which, you know, because <laughs> I don't know, I just think it's a really funny turn on like how it's normally be like, oh, let's nuke him. But, you know, now it's like 90s and it's like, no, we need to be peaceful. And, yeah. You know, until it's like, should listen to me, you know. <laughs> I like that their, their reasoning behind waiting was always but they're very technologically advanced so they're probably nice yeah <laughs> okay yeah, exactly that's usually how it works <laughs> i almost kind of wish it had been lower budget like not yeah. as because for the time like these the special effects were pretty yeah it wasn't bad like ahead like yeah. you know they looked really cool and they still look pretty cool all of the designs like the designs yeah. are exactly like the tops trading cards they look great and i love the it's always really funny Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's, I think it's aged really well. And I think as far as parodies go, it, it really, for the most part, hits the nail on the head. I just think it would have been kind of cool to, for maybe, because I think, I think it confused people. Like when it, cause it wasn't like a big hit. Right. So I think people will see like, oh, Jack Nicholson and all these people in the movie and they're like, oh, this is, what is this? Is what, it, yeah. Is, what is, is this? Is this an alien invasion or is it a comedy and parody or so I think, and then Independence Day, it was just like not the best time. If this wasn't had come as out that, well received, you know, in the fall or the previous or next year, mm-hmm. I think it would have done better, been better remembered. But I think it's generally pretty, 
it's had a good shelf life. I People still so. really like it and enjoy it. And you mentioned like the opening scene. I love the actual opening scene. That's mm-hmm. like not not the credits, but like right. the cows. Oh on yeah, fire. It's like <laughs> yeah. a great way to open a movie. And I just it, love, it jumps right into it. It does. It's, it's just like, like here's some cows. On cows fire. on fire. <laughs> um, and I also I just I mean like Jack Nicholson's my favorite actor, so I love seeing him. Yeah, and just anything is always like a treat, and I, he just plays it up so yeah. much. Well, I thought it was funny because uh, I was reading on here. It says he only took the job because he had worked with Tim Burton on Batman. Yeah, and he just wanted to work with Tim Burton again. He yeah. hadn't even read the script. It, yeah, he didn't read the so script. So I'm picturing him going in and being like, "What?" <laughs> then he's gonna be, "I'm gonna play two parts too." Yeah, because he plays the like the casino owner. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I love Jack seeing him, and there's there's a lot of funny stuff. Yeah, there's so there's so many funny scenes and and when I watched it back, I was so happy with my pick. <laughs> I was like, I did good this time. Just yeah. because it it does hold up as far as the funny parts and I mean there's nothing that is outdated. They did no, it in a way well, yeah. that it it's not really like the jokes aren't outdated or anything like that. Like no. they they I mean, are still funny. I mean, I think cuz they're mostly parodying like a 50s genre. Right. It just happens to be set in the 90s. Yeah. Which I think it would have been cool if he had been, which I don't know why he didn't. And if like with that budget, he could have made the movie set in the fifties. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that it's set in the nineties, but it's supposed to be like the fifties. Yeah, I, I feel like it gives it a different. Yeah, it does because comedic you know, edge as well. It's like oh, they actually look like saucers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think from from Beetlejuice to um, Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. he had a really great run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not. I don't think there's. A bad movie in there. Yeah. It's like Batman, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, this, Sleepy Hollow. I feel like there's one in I think out of those, the only one I haven't seen is Ed Wood. I've seen parts of Sleepy Hollow. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's really good. But, but I mean, they, like, he, he really, in those movies and in this, like, he had a pretty good getting his, like, his, his what he wanted up on yeah. screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Sleepy Hollow, he ended up doing the Planet of the Apes remake, mm-hmm. and it kind of all went downhill. Oh. Uh, he did Big Fish, which was okay. It's not as like I don't think it's as good as like his more. It's so him like trying to not be like it's still a fantasy movie, but it's like more mm-hmm. supposed to be more like character driven, oh, like more cool. of a character study. But then he, you know, he did the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory That's and so Alice great. in Wonderland, and ugh. which I didn't think was horrible. Alice but, in Wonderland. I mean, any of them. No, but Big I, Eyes is really good. That was like I haven't he, seen that one with Amy Adams and uh, Christoph Waltz about the I forget the artist's name that drew the big eyes in the sixties mm-hmm. like, paintings. That's a really great movie. I haven't seen that. It. Was like oh, Tim Burton's back, and then yeah. he went and made some other remake thing. I don't know. His I, Sweeney Todd is really good. Yeah, I liked Sweeney yeah. Todd. Yeah. Sweeney Todd a lot. is really good. Early this year, uh, Stranger Things, when Vecna was introduced, he is the love, the daughter's love interest in Sweeney Todd, the one that sings Joanna. Oh, the, you're saying that actor? The is. actor is. Oh, yeah. okay. And I was like, oh, I know him. That might <laughs> like, be why I don't he looks think familiar. he's ever been in really much else, and you know, it's got um. Oh. Up came out of and was like, I don't know why Tim Burton keeps having me murder his wife. He does. Um, but he does. <laughs> like, mm. um, and his animated films are good, too. Like, I really love them. Oh, yeah, Frank and Weenie and 
Vincent are really great. He made those like back at Disney because that's how he started as an animator at Disney. Well, I oh, guess okay. he made a live Frankenweenie. They did a and... they did a stop motion one, like a feature length one, mm-hmm. like in 2011 or 12, something like that, about 10 years ago. Hmm. He, um, it was pretty good. I think Johnny Depp voiced it as well. I guess he did a 30-minute episode of TV with Frank and Weenie in 1984 yeah. as well, which is kind of cute. Um, that one and Vincent are really great. They're stop motion, and mm-hmm. um, they definitely, like, they're definitely Tim Burton. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I really enjoyed this again. Yeah, um, I, I think I read somewhere where they said, you know, this was definitely a Tim Burton movie where he didn't hold back. Like you were saying, the the cards, the what I'm top the cards, trading cards, tops, tops. yeah, yeah the, tops the cards. cards. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like he really played off of those, and yeah, because it's based. That's what's <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's like a movie based on it. Like he didn't hold card. back, and they were and something I was reading was saying, you know, that yeah, he did great with that because yeah, he, just, he did match it. Yeah, and he just leaned into the absurdity. What it is, yeah, and just a full on parody of. Yeah, that genre, which um, I think I think it totally works. I yeah, you still see you know they're they're parroting those type of movies in the fifties, and I think the way people think, just like I said, just with the we'll hold back because they must be nice because they're yeah. smart and mm-hmm. it just little things like that. Yeah, and it reverses a lot of like the roles too. Right, I like I like that you know the and I like the stuff with like their daughter Natalie Portman like mm-hmm. is. The one smart one, right? It's not like being you know, overly aggressive or or like she just just has a good head on her shoulders and everyone's ignoring. Her. Yeah, yeah, she's the one nobody's listening to at all. Uh, and I, I love how they take down the aliens as well. Yeah, the old the music, yeah, the whatever yeah. the country, whatever it was, yeah, you know, whatever it is, uh, just makes their heads explode. It's really terrific. <laughs> That's like it, like I love that they just leaned into it and like. They just gave him fifty or sixty million dollars yeah. to make this movie. It's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of great iconography as well, like the look of the Martians, the spaceships, mm-hmm. the Lisa Marie, like the alien that it, that is disguised and as tries a, to get as a in. Human woman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who she was in Ed Wood, and I think they were him and her and Tim Burton were together oh, okay. for a little bit during this time. I think she's also in Sleepy Hollow. I'm pretty sure they were because she was in three movies. I don't know. There's a lot of great imagery, and yeah. it, it really. For not being like kind of a dark fairy tale, which is mostly what he had done at this point, aside from Ed Wood, it I think he really captures it pretty well. Yeah, and I love the like stuff like the dove. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. That that first scene uh, when they're meeting, yeah, uh, and you know it, it it's going really they're, well. <laughs> they're translating, supposedly translating the language. And it's just it it's stuck on repeat that they're we come in peace, we come in peace, we come in peace. So they're like, we come in peace and release the dove and they just pull out their gun and like <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it just is hilarious. And it's a great start to okay, now it's war, basically. Yeah. Except they decide maybe they're still nice. Let me host a town hall with tons of people and of course they all get just a misunderstanding yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) they all get mowed down by the lasers (laughs) but oh there was something else i was gonna mention i love the design of how they get killed people get killed too yeah it's really cartoony like the movie almost is like it's half animated you know because of the yeah half of it is kind of with the martians and that's like i said i hadn't seen it in forever and but parts of it still stuck out to me. So I remembered the alien disguised as a, a human woman. 
And I, all I could remember was something about a fish tank. And oh, that yeah. scene is so hilarious. So looking at each other through the fish tank, you're seeing that it's like a magical moment for a second. And then she just bites his finger off and feeds the fish with it by spitting it in there. Yeah. And yeah. that was great. <laughs> Have you seen the Romeo and Juliet from, I think it's 2000. There's also a scene where they see not. each other through a... It's Leonardo DiCaprio. 96. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like... Same summer. The same summer where they see each other through a fish Yeah, tank. that's like in the... I've, I don't... I haven't even <laughs> seen that movie all the way through, but I remember that shot from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. In this, I don't know what... I saw that trailer in front of like every movie that summer. Yeah. And from Romeo and Juliet? Where yeah, from Romeo yeah. and Juliet. It's really interesting. That's like... T- I don't know. So when I saw it in Mars Attacks, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> like, I was like, is this a reference? But no, they came out the same year. Yeah. But it's their like love at first sight scene where they like meet eyes through a fish tank and they come out the other side of it. Right. So it's like, I'm not not sure how that happened in two different movies the same year without like. Yeah, it's probably just coincidence. But yeah. Like, it's it's funny. No, I mean, like, it's because it's used kind of in the same way. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. This, like, romantic, but then, like, the outcome's totally different. That's it. I actually really love that, like, Romeo and Juliet. They use the line straight from the Shakespeare, but they're, yeah. like, in a modern city with guns and stuff. Mm. It's. I feel like I might have been forced to watch that and I went to sleep. Uh, you probably school. maybe might have watched it in school. I could. I tried a few years ago to watch it, I and I like couldn't. Baz Luhrmann just went way over the top with the editing, and I couldn't. It was like Gatsby. Like, I still need to finish Gatsby. I walked out of that movie. Oh wow! Gonna, wow! I read the book again recently, mm-hmm. or for the first time, and I really enjoyed the book. So I'm gonna try to watch it again. Oh, but yeah, I couldn't do the. I'll try it again at some point. I just couldn't. The combination <laughs> of the editing and. Well, good good thing I didn't pick either one of those, and I Glad picked Mars didn't. Attacks. So anyway, my favorite one of my favorite parts of Mars Attacks is the cheesy ending where Jim Brown, who you thought was dead, comes back. And that's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, what I love so is it starts off because the, his family and the kids yeah. are in the house cleaning up, and the mom is like, "Go go clean up," and they're they're cleaning up an alien, and they just kick it. And then the camera pans out to a wide shot of their their apartment building has no side. It's just like cut in half. <laughs> it's just like cut in half. But everybody is going on about their normal life in this cut in half apartment building because yeah. it's all they can afford or whatever at that point. But they're <laughs> but like the mom's like dusting a pillow. <laughs> like you don't even have a wall. I and then he like, walks up. It almost looks like a comic book page or something like different panels. On yeah. It. I love yeah, that. Really, I love that shot like that. I love like the, uh, like he really captured the kind of four color kind of style of a mm-hmm. comic book in the movie. Like it's very bold and bright. Yeah. And vivid color palette. Like there's no like kind of modern sensibilities really. It's just very like if they had this money and this technology in the fifties, this is what it would have looked like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that scene, I absolutely loved it. And then, and then he comes back. Yeah. Um, I just love it. Cause that's cause the last time you see him, he's being huddled around and beaten up by yeah. aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta tell you, like for the most part, like for being like what, 27 years old, the, um, mm-hmm. and for not being like a really like a, grounded movie at all Mm -hmm. the special effects still hold up pretty well i thought so too there's some really i mean it's clearly like some of it i think is almost on purpose like where they're making them a little look a little funky but yeah uh, and i love the (laughs) i forgot about it it's it's like about two-thirds of the way through i think or maybe towards the end and they're 
they cut to like stock footage of destruction. You can tell because it's like super grainy and, and then it ends up being Godzilla and they're watching Godzilla. Somebody's watching Godzilla. I forget who. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was just really funny. <laughs> it made me laugh because I was like, oh, they're using stock footage. And then it's like, no, it's just Godzilla. I also love the part, and I had totally forgot about it, where the like interview lady is abducted and they switch <laughs> they, her head, head with the with dog. dog. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's her body and the head. I mean, her body and the dog's head and then her head on the dog's body. Yeah. At first. And she's just like talking to Pierce Brosnan, who's just a head. Yeah. But she's a little dog. I don't know. That to me was hilarious. And it and it's just done in a way that's not like even now it wasn't like that. It just looks stupid. Like it just looked funny. Well, yeah, I mean it all kind of looks supposed to look goofy. Right. You know? And I, I think it I mean it all fits the tone of the film. Yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really every and everyone like in the movie really knows what they're doing. Like right. everyone knows what movie they're in and even like Pierce Brosnan, who's like, he's of course like the handsome scientist. So you'd always see in in these kind of movies. Even kind of looks like him. He's like the one that wanted everybody to hold back. Yeah, yeah. And like, should have listened to Rod Steiger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it really captures that that genre from the fifties. Did you? The only thing that could have made it better was like a giant ant somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> some sort of giant insect would have been awesome. That would have been good. Did you know that the Mars Attacks trading cards were like, there was such a huge outcry from parents. They were mar- they were pulled from the shelves like after a couple of months. Yeah. I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me. Like, because well, they were bi- like, like, considered to be violent. And... It's probably like post, oh, Wortham, the, were they, mm-hmm. in the 50s, the Seduction of the Innocent book, Frederick Wortham yeah. published and was like comic books for the calls of juvenile delinquency. And yeah. so they probably got lumped in. Comics, yeah, because I think there was a comic comics code that's um, and things like parental advisory being put on comic books or and also like seat and then later music and CDs and stuff. Yeah, censorship Um, that's going to lead us into Starship Troopers. Yeah, to be, yeah, (laughs) fascism, (laughs) fascism. Um, (laughs) Just going back real quick to the Martian girl, the the woman, yeah, Lisa Marie, the actress. Yeah, so (laughs) I was reading that. They wanted to make it as smooth as possible, that costume, Mm -hmm. which it is. It's like tight to the body type thing and and very smooth. It had no zippers or buttons, and she had to be sewn into it every day. Mm -hmm. Like, that is some work. (laughs) Yeah, so she... But, I mean, mean, it looks great, though. I can't imagine what her makeup call for, like, the morning. She probably got there, like, two or three in the morning, was in the seat for, like, getting... Just getting... She had to do the hair, the makeup, like... Right. get sewn into that thing. She was probably in there for like four, five, six hours. I don't know what this was supposed to be, but I think it's just an IMD error. But under Cameo, it says, as one of the Easter Islanders, doesn't say who... Hmm. What's go- I don't like. I don't even know if it's related to the movie. Actually, there's like the Easter. Well, they, well, they use the, the they're like they're bowling the Easter. Yeah, Island. that's what I was gonna say. There were so many good scenes about that too. Yeah. Like when they start blowing up the world, you have that they bowl for Easter Island. Then at the Washington Monument, there's a pack of Boy Scouts. Yeah, and and they come and they they zap it so it's falling towards them. But the Boy Scouts run across the screen. Oh yeah. So they use their UFO to kind of push Nudge it and back. try to. And it goes on for like a like one or two times <laughs> where like the Boy Scouts are running and they're trying to knock it over onto the Boy Scouts. Um, yeah. I just thought all that was funny too. The way clever. they did stuff. It's just like clear, like everyone was just hamming it up and having fun, right? Like, 
Imagine if you like, even like for the VFX artists too, it was just kind of fun to just how out you like. There's nothing you couldn't do, right? Yeah. For the most part, yeah. And and it it doesn't really have any slow parts or anything. Like there's always something happening. Yeah. No, and it's not like overlong. Like, yeah, you know, it, it it's it's just it's a lot of fun. It was I, a good pick by me. That's it what was. It that's was what we're good. Here. <laughs> I, I feel like this, the special effects hold out hold up so well because it's like it's like a mixture of like practical and like some digital, you know. Yeah, and and I think that some of them are just supposed to be ridiculous. And it's supposed to be kind so of So the fact that they're supposed thing. to be a little ridiculous, that still holds up. They are still a little ridiculous. But I mean even just the aliens when their heads explode, like that green goo that goes everywhere and all that, I don't know, just fun. Fun exploding heads. <laughs> So it's, I'm reading it's pretty cool. Like, so originally they wanted, Burton wanted the aliens, the Martians, to be mm-hmm. uh, stop motion animated. Oh. To like mimic that style. Yeah. But it was too costly and they, just doing going CG was cheaper. Yeah. But it says ILM did make the CGI look purposely look a little cheap and fake for mm-hmm. Burton's request. Yeah. Although he did decide against animating the Martians without motion board, which would have made them look stop motion-y. I think it would have been cool to do that. Yeah. The yeah. models that they where they made for the yeah. original stop motion are super neat. Look, check yeah. them out. Yeah. How cool, cool are those? I remember, I remember action figures too, like the Martian yeah. action <gasps> figures when the movie came out. Oh, for sure. And, and I mean, that alien, it just has such a good look and the big brain. Yeah. And, I mean, you know that alien in, from Mars Attacks. Like, yeah. It's a, they're just so cute. It's like, they're evil, like definitely, right? They're destroying the yeah. planet. Yeah. But it's like... There's something about them that's like precious and kind of likable rather right. than like, and I think that is what Burton, I feel like Tim Burton makes a lot of likable, creepy things mm-hmm. um, that, you know, appeal, obviously like appeal to children on that level. And I think the Mars Attacks Aliens are another one of those where you're just like, I mean, think about definitely something that gives some kids nightmares, but Mr. Oogie Boogie. Which is not oh, actually yeah. Tim Burton, but he was involved in the like he character design and produced it and stuff. Yeah. He didn't actually direct it. That's a silly looking villain, but it's fun. Like right. and kids like it, or like um, you know, obviously Edward from Edward Scissorhands is not a villain, but it's also like that's a little bit ridiculous. And yeah. uh, but it's still kind of spooky. It's got that spooky vibe, but the good funny spooky vibe. I like that. Yeah, he had a good talent there, like in the nineties, especially for making like. Offbeat fairy tale fantasy films, mm-hmm. right? Especially with Edward Scissorhands, kind of emotionally resonant. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I love that one. It's a fun one. I love I like Beetlejuice that. too. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, his yeah. run there for in the eighties and nineties was really strong. Yeah, which I guess they're going to do Beetlejuice too. Finally, God, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Let's just stop. <laughs> I know, but I, but part of me is kind of interested. I'm not. I don't want to see Michael Keaton. Yeah, slumming it. Doing Beetlejuice. <laughs> I guess that's true, yeah, too. I mean, I get it, Like, I'm happy for him. It's a big payday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it's cool. I'm excited to see him back as Batman because it's like, it's like, they're playing into like, oh, it's older Batman, you know, whatever. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think everything we needed to say about Beetlejuice <laughs> was said. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know where you're it's going like, with it, but I'm not exactly 100% against it. So... Yeah. So for years, probably until I was like 20-something, I hadn't actually seen Beetlejuice. I had only really? seen the banana song oh, part yeah. of it. And well, I mean, I was that's like, a good part. I mean, and I was like, 
So people would be like, have you seen Beetlejuice? I'd be like, I don't know. They'd be like, it's, it has hey, the banana. Oh. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I've definitely <laughs> seen that. <laughs> but like. Such a good scene. So it, it took is. forever. And oh, then, the movie's fantastic. Then people oh, would talk is. about other parts. I was like, man. So eventually I was like, okay, I guess I need to watch this because I don't. And I was like, I've definitely never seen this movie. Yeah. Um, it's so um, But it was great. Like, that, Beetlejuice <laughs> was one of my most failed costumes i've ever done for halloween a friend of mine and i decided to do gender swapped beetlejuice so she was beetlejuice and i was lydia oh my god (laughs) and that's horrifying so what i did was i went with like all black i had a camera i had like the book of the dead in my pocket and i needed a you know she always wore like a big hat so i needed a big hat the only one i could find was that spirit halloween it was a black hat whatever i wore it kind of like tilted like she did Mm -hmm. I thought we looked great. No one got Everybody pictures. thought I was from some Amish movie or like uh, it was an Amish Children TV show that was on. <laughs> no, <laughs> but something like that. <laughs> it was uh, um, Amish Mafia, I think was the name of the show or whatever. What? So I just rolled with it. So it turned out I was just, I was not Lydia anymore. I was. Or I need pictures. Uh, yeah, I'll have to find some. do the spiky bang. So that really would have sold it, I feel like. I had I had also just shaved my head. Oh yeah, that doesn't yeah. for some reason. So <laughs> no, yeah, Lydia doesn't really have like a costume. Yeah, it was hard. So I did like yeah. all black with a. I did a suit jacket because in one part she's wearing like suit jackets. Yeah. And, you know, I had a yeah. camera. She yeah. was always with yeah. a camera. I had the Book of the Dead. Like I thought I had enough descriptors and well, especially if you're standing next to someone dressed as Beetlejuice. Yeah, which she did. She had a black and white striped dress, and then she like did Did green in her hair and did her makeup. And I was like, I think we were going for like a little bit of an abstract kind of version of it. Yeah, but I thought it was. It definitely came through. One hundred percent did not. Did not work out. But with Mars Attacks, the one thing I was going to say earlier is I also enjoyed as a kid when the video game, I think it's Destroy All Humans, came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because in my mind, it was Mars Attacks. I mean, yeah. But as a video game. I mean, and it basically was. Um, I feel like there was a Mars Attacks video game. Maybe I'm just imagining this. See, I thought there was too. But I think it's that Destroy All Humans. Let's see. Maybe so. That's Unless that's there what was. The internet is for. I think there was. Because, like, in my head, I had played a Mars Attacks game. Yeah. Because I know they were, like, 96, like, they were really pumping money into, mm-hmm. like, licensing for the film. Like, there's action figures, there's a novelization and comics. and Yeah, there was all kinds of stuff for it. Uh, it looks like there... Nope. There wasn't. There was not. It was just okay. There was a 10-minute takedown action game. But it's that's like a board game. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So you were probably, but to be fair, Destroy All Humans looks remarkably similar to the Mars Attacks. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you're like they do, and, and then you're using a little laser to put like cows on fire, and yeah, kind of the same thing. Um, but I remember loving that because I felt like I was playing the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it holds up really well. Yeah, I think overall, I mean. I thoroughly enjoyed going back and watching it. Like I said, I hadn't seen it since I was, I mean, all the way through since a kid. And it was just fun, man. It was just so much fun. Yeah, it really is. I think I've enjoyed it most this last, I've probably seen it like 10 times. Yeah. So good job. You picked the best movie you've picked, I think, so far. It's one I've seen a lot, but. Yeah, I mean, 
But no, I mean, I really, I think I, I almost agree with that. It might be one of the best ones. I think it's gotten. I had a lot of fun. It's aged very well. It has. And I enjoy it more now, maybe than I even I did when I when it came out. Yeah. Because you know I've seen those movies now. I hadn't seen a lot of those fifties. Kind of, you know. Right. I mean, you used to watch like Mystery Science Theater when I was a kid, so we'd see we'd see him that kind of stuff on there. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a great movie. Ah, sometimes I pick good stuff. We're all in agreement. Okay. Mars so, Mars yeah. Good times. Good, good times time. with the aliens. It's not on anything for streaming, but you can borrow it here at the library. We do have Pretty it sure. on DVD. We do have it. It's PG-13. It's not a terrible one to watch with kids. No, it's, it's really 13. goofy. Like, it's very goofy and it's not. You know, sweet. Yeah. Um, Which just goes to show you, like, this was, like, almost an R-rated movie. <laughs> Which is just, like... It's so goofy, people. Right. Like the MPA is dumb. We know. Yeah. I'm just getting I'm just getting worked up for my Starship Troopers. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's gonna come up, right? Like Well, I guess then let's just go ahead. We'll wrap it up for Mars Attacks. And I think the wrap up is it's a fun movie. It's definitely space related. Bring uh, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Gather the family and watch some aliens. And then stay for Starship Troopers. That's right. Everyone will have fun. Every, yeah, I feel like m- so we'll jump into some some information from the library, and then we'll come back and talk about Starship Troopers. Toby <laughs> here uh, with the adult services announcements for the library. We have a whole bunch going on because it's June and summer reading is upon us. So if you've not signed up for our summer library program or summer reading program, come on by the library and sign up for that. But for events this month, obviously, if you're listening to this, it is the first and we've released a new episode of the Real Opposites podcast. Our next episode is going to come out uh, June 15th. Now, June 2nd, we have our first meeting of the Cryptic Coloring Club that will have two meetings this summer. Um, But this first one, just come on by. We have coloring sheets. This is an adult program, but just come by, relax and color with us and enjoy some cryptid fun facts. Then on Monday, June 5th, we have our first welcome meeting for our book club. If you want to participate in the book club this summer, you need to come to the welcome meeting. Uh, We will have snacks and tea and we will be meeting the 5th at 6 p.m. Then Friday, June 9th, we will have our Whimsical Watercolors with Joanne Jacobs starting at 5 p.m. Saturday, June 10th, we will have the South Charleston Interpretive Center tours at 11 and 1.30. So come on by the library and then we'll send you across um, to the Interpretive Center for your tour. Closed for Juneteenth and West Virginia Day. But the first day back, um, June 21st, our Bigfoot um, researchers are coming in. So we will have In the Shadow of the Big Red Eye with producer and lead investigator Mike Familiat um, at 7 p.m. here at the library. And then the last thing that we have in June is on the 26th, we will have our first book reading meeting of the book club where we will be discussing the devil all the time. But remember, if you want to participate in book club, we do need you to come to that meeting on the 5th. All right, I'm going to pass it on over to Kendall where she will have lots of announcements about youth and what they're doing this summer in outer space. Hey everyone, Kendall here. And we are so excited to be going out of this world this summer for our reading program entitled the SCPL Reading Rocket. Uh, So starting 
uh, next week on Tuesday the 6th, we'll start having weekly programs for different age groups every week. Tuesday is for school age kids, so these are kindergartners through fifth graders, and we have programs at 10.30 and again at 6.30. And these are identical programs, but um, we just wanna offer them at different times of the day for different family schedules. We have our teen program uh, starting on Wednesday, June the 7th. That runs from 3 to 5 p.m. and is open to teens in grades 6 through 12. And then on Thursdays, starting Thursday, June 8th, we have our early literacy program. So this is perfect for kiddos from birth through age four or five, perfect for toddlers, preschoolers, and those programs will be at 10.30 and again at 3.30. Uh, so like I said, those will be every week. Um, during the summer on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, with a few exceptions. As Toby mentioned, the library is closed on June 19th or Juneteenth, and then again on June 20th in honor of West Virginia Day. Uh, so that week we will not be having regular programs, but instead, um, on that Friday, June the 23rd, Starting at three, we're gonna show the movie Wally, -E, a personal favorite, and we'll also have um, some crafts that kids can work on, popcorn and juice, and that'll also be an opportunity for kids to bring in recycled robots, which would be robots they've made out of materials they found around the house to add to our robot display. So that is a quick uh, overview of all of our youth programs for the month of June, but if you are interested, I strongly encourage you to check out our Facebook page and or our website for more details um, or you can pick up a hard copy of the calendar here at the SCPL circulation desk but without further ado I'll pass it back to Miss Toby thanks so much for listening all right guys and we're gonna send you back to the show all right so we're back from those messages from the library and we're gonna go ahead and jump straight into Starship Troopers so Josh tell us about Starship Troopers a little bit and why you chose it well, Starship Troopers came out in 1997, directed by Paul Verhoeven, who also directed RoboCop. Right. Also, same writer, Ed Neumeyer, mm -hmm. who also, he is, he plays the guy that's sentenced to death, like, in three seconds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's him, <laughs> the writer. That's cool. And they both are, I think Starship Troopers is definitely, like, the spiritual sequel to RoboCop. Has that same <laughs> sense of humor, same pretty much worldview. It maybe even you know even further. I feel like it's like same universe almost. It just takes place a few hundred years in the future, right? Where we've gone full fascist. I love how even the opening titles are just very like white on black. It almost mm -hmm. looks like the start of a Lini, of a uh, Riefenstahl uh, propaganda film from the Nazis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love how it is this big. There will never be a movie made like this ever again. Big $100 million production with special effects that look amazing still today. Like they still hold up. I'll put them up against most, just about anything. And it's all like a joke <laughs> on every, like, so it's like, we're going to put giant bugs, lots of violence, lots of nudity, and we're going to attract all the teenage boys to see this movie, just like a real propaganda film would have. Right. And then we're going to put Doogie Hauser in a Nazi uniform at the end. <laughs> and they're going to be like, what? <laughs> if they get it. And it's like, it's totally just playing on our expectations of a summer action movie. And like, mm -hmm. what is, what is, what do these very violent films say about us mm -hmm. as a culture that we spend millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on these films? Right. And what are we telling people? And, and there's a, there's definitely like, I think the, the theme of the movie more or less is like war makes us all fascists. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I love how, if you if you notice, all the adults in the film are disabled or missing limbs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except for maybe Clancy Brown, who's the the drill the drill sergeant. Well, the only way to be a citizen and is to start, have is military to have served in the military yeah. and um, start in the Starship Troopers universe, and they're fighting it. Or against giant alien bugs. So it's like a great way to visualize that. And like all the all the youth are like intentionally, they look like they could have stepped out of Melrose Place or Party right. of Five or whatever. Like very chiseled and perfect and gleaming. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of fun because like, I mean, they're dead. They're like, they're fascists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, but for instance, like there's also no sexism and there's yeah. no like, there's no, like they shower together. There's right. no like, you know, for something that, typically gets not looked at too much in the movie is that the women like Dina Myers and Denise Richards are very smart and competent and they do like they and they have goals and they're like you know she like Denise Richards is you know she's like I'm goal oriented I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be with you I'm focused on my career right you know and it's like they they talk about how Paul Verhoeven talks about how that is like the minute she did that like the audience was like kill her <laughs> we can't have smart women in this movie who want to do what they want to do. Yeah. Not, but and also, I mean, in a way, it's it's very uh, much a throwback to like those, like you know, like World War Two people were signing up when like they like he signs up because of her because he wants the girl and like that's mm-hmm. how he gets the girl because he's like I'm signing up for the for the military and immediately she's like my dad's not home. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's how it works, you know, in this in this society. So I think I, I think it's it definitely shows his view of the world because he lived in he grew up as a child in in oh my god Holland Netherlands is that where he's from? Uh, he was born in Amsterdam. Yes, he is from the Netherlands. Well, I mean, he was born in Amsterdam. People okay. in the Netherlands are Dutch. It's interesting that in Starship Troopers, I just I'll put this in there that like the way women are displayed like pretty equal because it's not. Exactly the same. Well, obviously, Verhoeven's taken, but even in the book, I have read Starship Troopers. I will say, like, uh, the author is definitely like a known fashion, but his depictions of women in Starship Troopers are very equal, whereas his depictions in Stranger on a Strange Land, he does have women in high powered positions, but sexism is definitely alive and well. well because, like, Stranger on a Strange Land is based in like modern, more modern times and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, blind patriotism was easy in the 50s. And that's when he was yeah. writing. Like it was, yeah. you yeah. know, it just, I, I think. Well, he, I mean, there was a lot of like that, like people like, you know, look at the the Red Scare and people mm-hmm. accusing every, right. like every who's, you know, there's a lot of this paranoia. And, and fear. That just, and I think a lot of that fascism comes into the, into play there. But uh, Verhoeven, when he was a kid, he lived in the, the family moved to The Hague, mm-hmm. um, German headquarters in the Netherlands. So he. It kind of had a front row seat to like a lot of violence. So his view on violence is, and was you see in RoboCop and Showgirls, mm-hmm. sex and violence is very. It is what it is, you know? right? Like, yeah. it's violent. People like this is what a mangled That's body looks be. like, and right. it's like, but it's also still has this cartoonish sensibility, and you know, like Starship Troopers and RoboCop. But some of it's still hard to watch, like when, like when. And Robocop, when uh, Murphy gets killed, he's like crucified more or less and has his arm blown off and everything. But I like how he plays with so many different things. Like the, the movie was more or less written kind of on its own. They were like, we can get the rights to Starship mm-hmm. Troopers. So they kind of molded it around that. And then it 
kind of made it a parody of itself of the yeah. of the, of the book cuz if the book if the movie was made straight it would just like look like you know a propaganda film <laughs> right <laughs> for the most part it wouldn't have that kind of biting satire or sense of humor so yeah i love starship troopers when it came out i was the right age that they were wanting like i was 14 <laughs> 15 so i was just like yeah bugs bugs and, bugs and, and girls and you know yeah Give me more of this. This is awesome. I watched it twice. I got the VHS tape. Oh, I've watched it back to back. But then I was just like, it's like, yeah, that's he's in a Nazi uniform. This is weird. But then was, you watch it more and more. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Each time. It's just, it it, it never gets old. And it's still, it, every time I watch it, I'm, it, it just works on so many levels. It does work as an action film. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's exciting and the special effects are amazing and and it works as a comedy and it works as a satire. And it's just, I just love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had to wait myself there. They do such a great, they, like, I think that's one thing that's brilliant is it does such a great job of being fun and good. And like, you get it. Like, you totally get where their brains are. Like, Buenos Aires gets blown up, launches you yeah. straight in. Like, you get, yeah, and they're, like, you get why Johnny Rico does what it, like, why he does. You, you see the propaganda they're being fed, and you're like, yeah, that's right. You know, like, well, you're with them, the, and that's, that's what the they power would of it. Yeah. That's what, uh, like, there are essential truths. Like, it's a satire, but there are essential truths about human behavior that are in the that are in his films and that, that resonate, and they always will, because human beings kind of define themselves by by violence and war. Right. That, like, or by, by creating an enemy. Like, there's, the bugs are, like, millions of light years away mm-hmm. in some other system. They don't have spaceships. We started this. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody, I think even the news reporters, like he mentions that and it's like, so we would just like, I don't know where there's no war. We got to find some war. Yeah. Let's go to the, the bug planet. Aaron, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you have to say? Huh? I'm sorry. What, yeah. What do you have Did to you say? like the movie? <laughs> We do. Oh, did you want me to be on this podcast? I'm <laughs> sorry. I was not. so confused. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Only if you um, like Starship Troopers. Otherwise, you can get out. <laughs> so this movie, I actually really enjoyed it. Yay. I think the storyline is good. Like, it was it was interesting. It does have all the satire. I mean, it's it has good... I like how violent it is. Oh yeah, good. Deaths. <laughs> it has a good. It has a good <laughs> violence. Show it, on the, show it on the poster. It has good. It, it has, has good. good. <laughs> it has good violence. Yes, the gore but, and the violence. Yeah, is... the gore and the violence is great, but it, it also makes sense in the movie. Yeah, the nudity makes sense. There's tons of nudity, but it makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not it's not really like sexualized right. nudity, really. No. It's just like they're showering together. Right. And what mm-hmm. funny little story is they were fully nude in that shower scene, mm-hmm. like nothing on. And some of them were like, I don't know, they're just to kind of break the tension. Mm-hmm. Paul Verhoeven and Ed Newmeyer were like, We'll go nude too. And so they did. Oh my god. And everyone, everyone else is just like, We're good. Put your clothes on. <laughs> they're like, just to make everyone comfortable, everybody will be naked. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's wild. <laughs> That is hilarious. Yeah, he's great. I love Paul. He's he's like 80 now, and he still is like the energy of like a madman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I like him too because 
I mean, you liked is, all three of us. Yeah, but. I I 100% thoroughly enjoyed this, and I know you weren't happy when I told you that I watched this on my phone. I know. But, you know, in my memory, it's almost as if I watched it on a big screen. Like, okay. I paid I paid the most attention to this movie that I've paid to a movie. Because you couldn't use your phone. Well, because I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched it the other day when I was sick. So I was yeah. also in bed. So I couldn't do anything. So I was in bed. Couldn't use my phone. But it also just grabbed my attention so much that, I mean, I just watched this movie. Okay. Whatever works, man. I know. I can't help it that they took my Netflix away. Because I was using somebody else's. <laughs> You're not going to pay them $8 a month? I will, but I didn't feel like setting it up because I'd had to go get my card. What did you watch it on? Netflix. On my phone. Oh. It still lets me watch it on my phone. <laughs> yeah, because you can still do mobile. Yeah. It's just right. if you're watching it on your I couldn't your use TV. it on my TV. Yeah. No, I mean, I was fully invested in this movie. I really enjoyed it. And... Uh, I mean, you had the the love little story, but it was all funny too at the same time. Like, yeah, it, it's not, it's nothing real serious. I don't know the satire in it and the the whole he goes for a girl and his dad's telling him like that's dumb, go to college instead, <laughs> and, and then he ends up becoming like the highest rank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the end, because he works his way up and. He, when he starts out, he's just a surfer boy, kind of, not surfer, but, yeah, but he's, he's a bro. like a Cali boy yeah, bro, yeah. and and he turns into this like hard soldier by the end, and I don't know, I just, I think it's funny, I think it's all done really well. Yeah. The storyline is there, that's what I'm talking about with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, transitioning into a different person, and it's it's all there, but it's just done so well and so funny, like RoboCop was. Yeah, I mean, it works, like, like I said, like... It works on different levels. Like if you're just kind of like going for a fun action movie, mm-hmm. it's there, right? If you don't notice that they're calling you a Nazi, right? And if you're really looking for more, like there's a lot there to chew on. Yeah, and know? and it's kind of like, and I've said this, I think I said it about <laughs> They Live. It's the kind of it's there, and you can overlook it if you want. Yeah, but it's also so there that it's. Th- you don't have to look deep yeah. either. I mean, it's yeah. not no matter what you're saying, a movie still needs to be engaging and entertaining. Right. So you can, I don't really like message movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you like, if you're making a message movie, you're making something you really want to say something about society or whatever, you still have to make a entertaining film that right. draws me in as is funny or, or horrific or whatever. It still has to work as a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think his, his work so well on so many levels. And like the one image I keep thinking about when I think about Starship Troopers isn't any of the bugs or any like the violence or really anything else. It's it's one during one of the little interstitials, the little Mm -hmm. commercials, and it's of these kids that are just stomping the bugs. Oh, yeah. Approaches. And then playing with the guns. Yeah, well, that's great, too. I love that part of like gun control. Here's just take this giant automatic weapon. This is fine for a six-year-old, <laughs> but it's like when they're when the kids are like stomping the cockroaches. The mom is just laughing maniacally. <laughs> right? Yeah. That that is Starship Troopers. That's Starship Troopers for me. Just kids killing bugs and the adults laughing maniacally. Yeah, and I and I love those little breaks, of like the news reports. Oh, and it yeah. was like you want to know more, and they are all so ridiculous and so propaganda, and definitely propaganda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And but it also, man, it makes you. <laughs> it kind of makes you think, like, 
we're not far from that. No, no we're not. That's the joke. Not. Is like it, it's and it's still that it's still that. It's, it's like still. it's like it's like more and more every day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't watch cable TV, but when I when I do happen to do it, mm-hmm. and I see commercials, I'm like, am I in RoboCop? Right. Where am I? Starship <laughs> Troopers or like what is this? Yeah. It's, or they live or something. I'm just like this is really weird. I feel like I've entered an alternate universe. Right. Because that kind of stuff. I don't know. We like found the, our way into the darkest timeline. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like, know. And I'm just like, man, he was way ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. That Starship Troopers. Well, is, I think. Well, but really? Because, like, I mean, I feel like we just have repeated this. That, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, don't know, I, mean, I don't know with the, with the, as far as the social type of things, I don't know that he was so much ahead of it in the fact that it's just sad that it's still going on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's like, like he's, we just haven't progressed. No. I mean, he was looking back to the, like, the World War II era for right. the most yeah. part. Like, so, I mean, because this is like pre Iraq, pre 9 11, right? Everything. So it's, it's a fun, it's a funny time to put this movie out. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think it would have been greenlit post nine eleven something no. like this. Yeah, um, it's like because I mean nineties were rel- it's relatively peaceful time yeah. for America. Like there's no, it's a lot of prosperity and right. There wasn't a war going on. Yeah, it was the perfect time part, for it. You know. Well, there was, but it was a it was a very were, short. There were proxy wars, is right. what it was. But that therein lies the danger of like the way that um, so the way that Europe educate, and I think that's part of where Verhoeven's like. Uh, the way that he tells things kind of comes from is like the way that they educate about things like the rise of Nazism is a very like it is well known. It's also very no nonsense and like very much like addresses that these people existed, but we don't honor them because they were horrible people. Right. Yeah. And like they're very clear about like that, whereas, you know, well, not so much. It- you know, we don't get as much as that anymore. And the. Uh, like our our versions of history, like it's important that we learn from history so that we're not like, why are we repeating ourselves? Obviously, well, right. like, like you know, here's the reason. We still keep doing history's it. written by those in power. Yeah, yeah, that's so. true too. But yeah. I like that. Like he doesn't. I think movies like this are really essential because they they show that any anybody can become a fascist. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's a pattern to right. all this. Yeah. And like he's just a kid that likes a girl. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, there's. Who knows how many of those happen? Right. And then becomes a Nazi. I mean, how yeah. many times has that happened to you? <laughs> oh, so many. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, but I mean, it's, but like, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's, there's, there's an essential truth. There. That, and I think that, I think that carries through the whole movie and the fact that, you know, you're seeing that they're being, they're, there's this propaganda and they're being led to believe. And I think you touched on it earlier, Toby, but basically the fact that, it's also believable. Like you can see why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can see how they get radicalized. I mean, yeah. the same thing happened at Pearl Harbor or nine eleven. Right. Just like there's a big incident. You know, people signing yeah. up for the military just skyrockets. Right. It's just like yeah, they well, killed. You know, they hurt us when them. they could have just been left on their own planet. <laughs> well, well yeah. I mean, there's yeah. This is <laughs> it, that's the thing. This is so funny. It's just it's like there's not even any reason. For but <laughs> is it that like? I mean, that's the thing, and not that. You know, obviously, like, no acts of violence are justified, but it's the thing of, like, they don't know that. The soldiers that they're recruiting don't know that wh- where it started. Right. No, no, they're just no, dumb they, kids. They're just that's dumb what, kids. I mean, that, that's what they do. They're, they're, being, they, they recruit, they're being given guns. Well, they recruit with. kids that don't know any better. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's how... That's how, Everything that's how military works. You <laughs> yeah. recruit kids that... I mean, they're largely poor, 
uh, not mm-hmm. terribly well educated. You know, that's the whole point. Like, well, like they did the draft from Vietnam. It's like if you were in college, you were fine. You, right. You didn't have to go. If you were poor. That's who went. Get in line. You're yeah. going to get shot. Well, and that's like, I mean, if you think about like even tying out, like you said, this one came out after 9-11, like, and saying, oh, we weren't at war in the night. Like, I mean, we kind of were. Like, we were definitely what? had a presence over in the Middle East protecting like oil interests and things like that. You mean, like, 9-11? Well, yeah, we were at well, war. I mean, prior to 9-11. Oh. Yeah. No, yeah, but like it wasn't like the, a. You know, the 80s and 90s, we were involved yeah, yeah but it, like, it wasn't like a full-scale like yeah there wasn't a, a pearl harbor or not there wasn't like, an, really a specific event that was radicalized into right. a large-scale military operation. i mean there was right. gulf war in the early 90s but that was kind of over and you know what uh, one of my favorite scenes <laughs> what one of my favorite scenes were what i love when they're at boot camp the first time uh-huh. and that guy's like i'll fight you and then he just breaks his arm <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love I, that. And I love that every time something happens, they just go, medic. Medic. <laughs> medic. Medic. <laughs> I love that as long as, as long as it's not too terrible a wound, they can just <laughs> put you in a back to tank and fix you. Right. I love Clancy Brown, who's the, the drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. He was in Shawshank. You know, he's a prison okay. guard. He's a Kurgan in Highlander. And Michael Ironside, yeah. who's uh, Radchek, mm-hmm. the, the guy who's the teacher at the start, who's, you know, Supreme, violence is supreme power, you know. Yeah. The, and he's later, he's, you know, he's he's in the wars, the general. War. I love those two guys. Yeah. <laughs> they are so much fun to watch. And I love uh, how Rico becomes him, basically. Yeah. And right. I love, like, they're, like, the death scene is so, I don't know. Oh, when he has the shooting. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah. He's like, Rico. <laughs> it's, it's so cheesy and, like, it's, or whatever it, he calls it's how it's supposed to be. It's just so, yeah. like. And, it, oh. and it, I don't know. It, like, it's. I feel like this movie's done so well because, in a way, it's also like touches you a little bit. It this does. movie does, but at the same time, like while you're laughing, yeah, like yeah. It, and it does it perfectly. There's enough where you're like, man, that uh, he liked him, he respected well, yeah, him. Yeah, I like Michael Ironside. Sucks that he has movie. to shoot him. Yeah, like, but at the same time, it's just funny. Everything it else is. is going on, and it's funny. Well, there was a real tenderness between the actor that played Johnny Rico and Michael Ironside. It's like mm-hmm. they, like he, he says later in his career, Michael Ironside was one of his mentors, and he says, "I still hear his voice in everything when I'm acting to this day." Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's like, you know, him, him, and Clancy Brown. Yeah. Um, but because that was uh, Casper Van Dien's like. One of his early roles, yeah, and like he's like very much movie. pretty much his only big movie because <laughs> he kind of did this like it wasn't like for such an expensive movie, it didn't make enough money, yeah, right. And I think the he kind of was that kind of like California dude mm-hmm. a little bit too much, like he yeah. like the movie, like the movie kind of flew over people's heads mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And he was like, Oh, he's just kind of this dumb, like handsome, but eh, you can't really cast him as much else. Yeah. So he kind of got stuck in in that role. I will say he. I think he's in like the second. Don't watch any of the sequels. No. I was reading they're, about those. No, they're like all direct to video. He's in the. Are we talking about Rico? Yeah, yeah. He's in the third. He's in the, the third. The second okay. has no returning characters. Yeah, that's what I want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a there was an animated show that was supposed to be pretty good, but I never watched. Yeah. It. It's, that, just, it's this is also like after like, three. It's just like one of those like I don't need more. <laughs> yeah. Just, the movie's perfect. I just want to watch Starship Troopers again. Yeah, I just, it never, this movie never gets old for me. Well, I like that it had a body count of 256. That's that, a high one. Well, that's, that's just like, the, like, there's like f- 
forty yeah, million yeah. in Buenos Aires. That yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. I guess <laughs> bugs won. Yeah, I, but I tell you, like we were talking about the special effects. Yeah, the special effects on this was they were great. They're I amazing. Mean, They're fine, yeah. the, you see these bodies ripped apart. When yeah. they go into like the places where the bugs have already infiltrated yeah. and already killed the people there. Yeah. I mean, bodies ripped apart. You have the... Well, I mean, and a lot of that is like him recalling stuff from World War Two. Just seeing like he's yeah. not holding... Like, right. This, this is what happens when a body is ripped apart like, by a giant bug. This is what bug. it looks like. Yeah. Well, that's what part... It's what made... Um... Robocop? No. Crossroads? Um, he's a famous uh, special effects artist. He worked on Friday the 13th. Um, oh, um, Tom Savini. Yeah, that's probably yeah, what Tom Savini's was, stuff was, uh, so good is that he was in war. Like, he was, well, yeah. he, he was a combat photographer, I think, yeah. in war. So he, in saw Vietnam. It. So he saw it. Yeah, he yeah. saw it. Yeah. And so, like, when he did, especially like Day of the Dead and stuff, like his, mm-hmm. that looks like a body getting ripped up. Right. Like, it's anatomically looks right. Yeah, because he saw a lot of that. Um, yeah, and I—that's—I mean, I—that's what I thought about this movie with this, it, their special effects and everything. I'm—I don't know. It was just good. It, it's so funny and awesome, and it fun, is and like it was a really good movie, relevant and. Yeah, I mean, like some of the stuff, like the giant bug that they take down, like it's all digital. And mm-hmm. It still looks yeah. amazing, and like that's a digital. That's a digital Casper Van Dien on top of it too. Well, like, they use like a map. Oh, they use yeah. map that. CGI and like. What's neat is they don't, I mean, they don't hide behind anything. Like, usually if a movie's going to use CG, they use shadows well, yeah, to and like hide in, it. Like Jurassic Park, like the T-Rex attacks at night, so it's yeah. easier to kind of hide some of the imperfections mm-hmm. in the CG. But this is like broad daylight. They were just like, let's blast some light out of yeah. it. We'll make it work. And, and they do. It's and great. It's, yeah, it's, it's really incredible. Like, 20, 26 years later, it still looks yeah. great. I still, I still don't know. I like, I don't know how they do it, but the pass-through when Dizzy is killed and the... Like where it goes, like, like where the, punches it comes through, through her, her, yeah, and like two it or looks three amazing. times, and it's fast and it mm-hmm. looks great. Like, yeah. uh, there's it, a few times where uh, one of the bugs punches through somebody, and yeah. it, it does. It looks good. Like, yeah, I, can, I mean, they well, they just there was just a lot of attention mm-hmm. given to like they probably had because I know that shot's in slow motion because I can see that yeah. I've seen it so many times. I can see the shot. They probably have some sort of a. Uh, not a not a squib, but they're mm-hmm. pulling that off, mm-hmm. and they're having to animate, and they probably have some like little dots on there to animate, to give tracking information to right animate yeah. the the tentacle or whatever. Yeah, coming, not the tentacle, but the, the, the arm or leg or whatever, whatever it is on that bug. Yeah, coming through her. And that's such a great like weapon, you know. Like it's like you can. Feel, I feel like you can feel that. Oh like, yeah, the, like, it's like punch of it going through people. Like, and that little yeah. sequence is just like. like because Verhoeven, like he typically is called like a, is a very visceral mm-hmm. director, and like he uses, he knows when when to really show the violence and when to cut and when to when to use slow motion because like it really during that little shot really shows it's like oh oh mm-hmm. like you can really see it and feel it yeah you know Cameron does that really well using slow motion to make it kind of like really heighten a moment like in Terminator. Yeah, you know, like the tech noir thing, like where he's stalking them in the club, and it's like slow motion, mm-hmm. and she like kind of this dreamy thing, right? But. Yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was funny. I love all of it. I love the propaganda in it. The how it's also so real. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's a fun movie, but to be that fun, I feel like it's rare that we get a fun movie and. That also has a good storyline. Yeah. That also moves along pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the perfect package for. And like you said, if you just want a dumb action movie, that's there. 
If you want satire, it's definitely there. If you want violence, 100%, (laughs) it's there. Uh, It's just like it has everything. It does. It's a complete experience. And it's all like packaged up in the right way um, just to create a, a, a really good movie. I would like to like the the practical bugs that they did use for some of it are amazing. Yeah. Like yeah, the they, big animatronic bugs that they used. Yeah. Were when, like, usually when they're interacting with with like when they're interacting mm-hmm. with someone, it's like a practical yeah. yeah, and I just uh, like I don't know, it's so good. I love Starship Troopers. It's one of my favorites. I I just think it's amazing. Like they do, and uh, like bugs. I don't know. That's like it's got to be a thing because it's it's also Ender's Game uses bugs as well. Yeah. I think bugs are a really great like other proxy. Yeah, where you're like, yeah, obviously, like they don't look human. What's well, so, one of like our fears? It's like snakes. Yeah, or right. Like, we're but, just that, to a certain degree, like yeah. well, in history, like snakes are. I've, I've been like yeah. evil or, right. or malicious or something. And it's like bugs are just like, uh. Well, and mm-hmm. I think that plays on that is like, you know, I mean, obviously they're intelligent. Obviously something, you know, unlike. Oh my God, the brain bug. Mars attacks yeah. where they're like, oh, well, they're intelligent, so they have to be nice. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, but if they're intelligent, they look nothing like us. Then we assume that they're. Something's not nice. On. Right. And like, I mean, that's the thing in Ender's game is when he goes where he wipes out the planet and then he like the brain, the central hive mind starts talking to him. I don't even know what you're talking about. You've ne- and you've never read, you didn't have to read Ender's game in school. No, I've seen the movie. Is that just the one book? No, there's like a whole series. There's oh. a whole series, but like just read the first book. Like uh, It's and, called Ender's game. Called Ender's game. It's oh. a, kind of a big deal. I thought it was like one of those Suzette Collette books or something. Isn't that her name? No. It was like Insurgent and Divergent. No, no, it was written by Orson Scott Card. And and again, not a great person, wrote a great book in 1985. And his book, it's essentially like they're children. They're being trained for a war. They yeah. think they're playing a video game. They think this is all a like simulation, and then mm. you find out that it was real. Not to spoil the end of Ender's game, but there's a little boy called Ender, and uh, it's he's it's like, the best in his class. So it's World Ender. That's kind of the the pun oh. that comes out of it. Is that he stops the war before it starts by like destroying the entire like their entire homeworld and planet. Hmm. And the bugs are coming for. Water, but like they're not as dangerous as people think that they are. Right. And then the rest of the of the story and series is him like recovering from like I committed genocide, like I killed a whole race and without knowing anything about them because someone told me to. And it's like it's a really heavy take at the end of 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 that. Yeah. Um. That movie, the more recent movie's not awful. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah. And then like his brother, who's a psychopath, becomes president, and that make that tracks. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of great stuff in Ender's Game. But you like Starship Troopers. You will also Give like Ender's, Ender's Game. Game a reader a <laughs> and a watch. Yeah. More bugs with brains. What I was laughing at was, is it like at the end when they have the brain bug? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're doing like the wrap up. And they're shoving something they're in shoving his mouth, something in and it yes. gets censored. Yeah. Oh well, that's God. probably because, yeah. and we'll we can cut this part out. Yeah. But the brain bug looks like a butthole. 
It does. Yes. And I think it's done on purpose. Oh, yes. yeah. And that's why it's like censored. We, like, anyways, we, we don't need to cut that part out. That is the point. That's the joke. Yeah, Every I like... love that. Oh, I just. <laughs> I love this. Like, they do the censor thing at the beginning, too. Yeah. With, with like, the bug killing a cow. It's like, that's too much censor. Yeah. And, but I, they do a really great job up front, like, past, like, the, the opening, like, where you see Rico get, you think he's killed or something. Like introducing the bugs in the class where they're dissecting them, and then during that commercial thing, that's 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 early in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like keeping the, like even though we're getting the characters up, like keeping the bugs is like a thing that exists in mm-hmm. this world that are going to come into play. And right. It's a really it's yeah. it's exceptionally well written and funny, just like RoboCop. Like it's just Ed Newman. Like he has only really done RoboCop and Starship Troopers, but oh, that's sad. I mean, he did like Starship. He wrote like Starship Troopers too. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's got, he, hey, he got mouths to feed. Yeah. But just for those, just for those two, he's like a legend in my Yeah. Mind. I agree. I, I enjoyed both of those movies. And like I said, I mean, this, I feel like this podcast was the one where I like thoroughly enjoyed both, both movies. movies. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. And I, me too. And it was just like random. I mean, we were like, let's do a space one. Okay. <laughs> Real similars. <laughs> Real similars. Real <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Real Similars. Real Similars. It's a much less exciting podcast, but you know, it works in the same Oh, it's kind of boring. They all just like the same thing. Not really much of a discussion. They called me a Nazi too. Also that, yeah. If you feel called out, then if you think are a about Nazi things. listening to our podcast, you're a Nazi. Stop. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. Oh man. Both things. Listening to a podcast and being a Nazi. Both of those things. So remember how I said I feel like Starship Troopers is really, really violent for children. Mm. Uh, this is my favorite fun fact. Trivia. Uh, in a 2016 interview, Casper Van Dien revealed a funny incident when he was picking up his two daughters from school. I went to line to pick up my kids, you know, drive up to the school, and I get there, and there are these six... 10 and 8-year-old boys hanging out with my daughters. They pull up in line and the boys go, Johnny Rico, why didn't you tell us your dad was Johnny Rico? And I said, why are you boys watching Starship Troopers? And they said, our dads made us watch it with them. (laughs) (laughs) And then my daughters get in the car and my 10-year-old says, Dad, were you really naked in Starship Troopers? (sighs) And I say, yeah. And she goes, how could you do this to me? And then my eight-year-old says, wait, like naked, naked? And I say, yep. And she goes, oh, my God, my life is ruined. And it was the longest three-minute ride home I've ever had in my life. That's really cute. Like, my life is ruined. That's funny. That's so cute. But also, yeah, like, apparently, me and those dads are in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Your children yeah. should see I mean, Starship Troopers. Pretty much, like, you know. This Maybe is, start. Maybe if this start. had come out, you know, in the 80s, I would have watched it when right. I was, like, when I was Eight or nine. Maybe, maybe start with Ender's Game. It's less violent. Kind of. They blow up a planet. Or Mars Attack. It's just like, you know, you learn how to swim. Just, yeah. There you go. Throw them in the deep end. They'll figure it out. (laughs) That's how you do life. (laughs) That's how you do life. Just jump all in. Jump all in. If you're ever wondering how to life, that's how. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my first book, Paul Verhoeven's Guide to Life. There you go. Dissect his films and. You'll learn how to grow as a human being and get through I mean, obstacles. That yeah. almost sounds ridiculous, but at the same time, I, I think there's I a lot to unpack there. I think there is. I think there really is. All right. And at least he always done it well. Yeah, like yeah. the movies are great. Like They are. After this, he did, because this kind of tanked. It didn't mm-hmm. really do that well. It did really well on video and DVD. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of really got its audience. He did um, 
Hollow Man after this, mm-hmm. which is a very expensive film. Also, amazing special effects for the time. It's not a not a very good movie, but yeah. even in that, like he's just, like playing with. <laughs> what if the Invisible Man was a rapist? <laughs> oh, and it's like it's a lot of oh, like like the new Invisible Man movie. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, more so much, good. I like. Oh that. yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's much more like uh, his 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 movies much more like visceral. Yeah, not as like you know, just like yep. That's who he is at the start. He gets invisible, just gets worse. He needs to be that, yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of, and then he, that was kind of his last big. He's made a lot of great movies since then, and you know, Dutch films like Black Book and this one that came out last year. I think it was last year, Benedetta, which mm-hmm. is about um, two lesbian nuns. Mm-hmm. It's a really great film. It's like, did you ever see Tropic Thunder? Mm-mm. No. Well, there's a really there funny was like Jack Black and everybody. Yeah, it's like there's this funny trailer for a movie mm-hmm. about two um toby mcguire and robert downey jr who are it's it's really tongue-in-cheek and they're like two or i guess they're a priest i don't know how to i don't know how to describe it but it's it, it's basically like that movie like they made that movie for real oh. but it's a really great <laughs> yeah. film and it's all about like it's all about faith and like um he wanted to make a movie a biography of jesus christ which i'm really Sad he'll probably never get to make because boy would that really yeah. piss some people off. Yeah, that'd be awesome. People very angry. But yeah, it's a great movie. He's made a lot of good movies since then, but that that was kind of his last Hollywood film. But he had a great run. Yeah. L uh, L's really good. Yeah, L was really good. Yeah, and he like he plays with subject matter that would kind of like it. It really pushes you and challenges mm-hmm. you, probably even more so than in his American films. His American films are almost like satirizing american culture especially in showgirls yeah for um, sure but his uh his his movies since then have been more pushing the envelope in like different more not really subtle but like you know more nuanced ways i guess yeah um ail's a great movie but you know they're still his films like they they're really great he's one of my favorites so you'll have to watch total recall that'll be like the only one with american ones you haven't seen now Okay. Or Basic Instinct. Have you seen Basic Instinct? I have not. Okay. I feel like Basic Instinct is definitely a different tone. Yeah, I mean, it's like a play on Hitchcock. Hitchcockian yeah. kind of thrillers. and Yeah. Total Recall is a lot of fun. It's Arnold. Give those people air. It's hard to do it. <laughs> basic. <laughs> Gahagan. Anyway. So, yeah, we both love Starship Troopers. Yeah, I, I mean... I did. I, I I just think it has everything that you need for a good movie. Yep. In in a con, like consumer style, a, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's a it rocking had, adventure. Yeah, it was good. Well, yeah. I think even if you just consume Starship Troopers, you still learn, which is what's right. nice. Like it's yeah. not even like even yeah. if you don't get it at the at at the start, like you still it's like something's like that's Doogie Howser in a Nazi uniform. Yeah, like it kind of will be like it still clicks. It still clicks to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, also, even has a Golden Girl too. That's yeah. true. I was telling you. Yeah, you said it I can't was. Believe you didn't uh, notice that. See, this I, is the this is the downside of watching on your phone. Everything's too small. Well, I mean, I watched Mars Attacks and I didn't notice Jack Black, and I had specifically been looking for him. Really, I don't yeah. know how you didn't notice Jack Black. He definitely looks like Jack Black. I don't know. I don't know how I didn't, but <laughs> I mean, I could tell you his death scene. Yeah. Now that you've told great. me his character, but like, it's just one of those things. I just sometimes I just don't notice stuff. <laughs> Look, the ADHD is real. At least I watched them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really happy about that. I think we really tackled space, man. We showed what we space is. <laughs> we laughed. We cried. 
We went to the stars. <laughs> yes. To fight bugs. Killed bugs. Bug squash. Right. So that's Starship Troopers and Mars Attacks. I guess so. Our next podcast is going to be another special-ish podcast. Uh, we are going to have Todd back on, Todd, our director, back on the podcast. Yeah. And we are going to... Which means we have to watch something awful every time. Have you noticed that? Every time Todd's on, we watch bad movies. I've enjoyed every... Oh, they're um, fun, but they're not good. Oh. Well, I don't know. So, I, actually, in with that episode, we are going to... Uh, what it's kind of like another movie and documentary type thing, I think. No, it's a well, we're gonna watch The Room, mm-hmm. and the, um, the Tommy Wiseau legendary bad movie. Mm-hmm. And then we're also gonna watch The Disaster Artist, which is the movie, it's not a documentary, even though it's based on the book about the making of the movie. Okay, so it's like a dramatized version of the book, okay, and with James Franco and um, Dave Franco, Dave Franco, yeah, Seth Rogen, Josh Hutchinson. So we're gonna do that. So it'll just be a, we need to get a cameo by Tommy Wiseau. I bet that's doable. <laughs> you slip him a 50 bucks, he'll probably do it. <laughs> we've been we've been so successful at getting celebrities on here. Oh, hi, Todd. Uh, I really try, guys. I really try. So we're going to do that. We're going to do um, that. And I believe the plan is we're all going to watch it in theaters because the Fathom screen. is doing... Um, an event for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to watch it. We're going to go to the movies and watch it. And then we're going to talk about it. We are. But, and like I said, Todd, our director will be back on the podcast with us next time. Yeah. But yeah. So join us next time for the special podcast where we go to the movies and then talk about it. Or join us at the movies, heckling the room. That's true. That is June 27th. Yeah. Regal. Regal Nitro. So all of our fans, you know, I guess we'll have a fan event as well. <laughs> Don't mob us, though, okay? All six of you. Yeah. Just calm down. Yeah, everybody can have a signature. Just you got to wait in line. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And this has been The Real Opposites. <laughs>